Hey, peace and blessings to you. My name is Jerry B. I am the entree musician, but you know what? So is this beautiful young sister, talented guitarist sitting to the left of your screen. She's the Boston-based award-winning composer, award-winning film composer as well, incredible producer. She's in like four different bands, I guess, simultaneously, multiple projects, tours all over the world. And it's our honor to feature her here on The Entree Musician. Her name is Catherine Capozzi. Catherine, welcome to The Entree Musician. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. And if you hear little meows in the background, I have a very um, annoyed cat right now <laughs> who I saved from Mexico, but that's a different story. Is so, that right? Yeah, well, you should so. you should bring the cat on and, and maybe uh, we'll... Well, he's <laughs> making his voice heard right now because his name is Sereno and... Um, He's a, a little siren and he's making his his complaints known. He wants a little more chicken and he's not, not getting it right ah, now. So. I gotcha. Well, I tell you what, I have uh, I have really taken a strong admiration to your music. If anyone knows me more than five minutes, they would understand that I'm a huge fan of innovation and and your stuff is completely eclectic, it's genre bending. What do you call your sound? Um, I think that's exactly it. I mean, I think um, from my perspective, I, I I cross a lot of genres because I, I there's many things that I like, and yeah. I feel like when I listen to a lot of things, it's um it's whatever comes out is regurgitated back in a hybrid form. <laughs> that's kind of um, how I work because I think um, I'm moved a lot by you know the the beats and the feeling and I of 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 a piece the mood. You know, and that, those are the kinds of things that have always um, interested me and inspired me. And so that's, you know, that's what comes out. So I definitely call myself a genre crossing, genre breaking, hybrid musician. I guess sure. that's kind of, you know, how I roll. So. so so, tell me then from that perspective, what approach do you use for songwriting? I mean, because you come at it from so many different angles. Is it just really based on what you're feeling at the time or are you intentional about I'm going to create this or what's the approach? Oh, it's really, it depends on what I'm doing because if I'm, um, uh, lately I'm kind of exploring the, um, the, the uh, box of, uh, not the box, but the, the new world of game composing. And oh, gotcha. um, so these kinds of things are kind of like, sometimes there are challenges where um, you'll be presented with a premise and you kind of have to come up with something based on a description and figure out, well, how would I, how would I approach, how would I do that? So sometimes yeah. I don't even pick up my guitar to do it. I'll just pick up, <clears throat> you know, an instrument that's not mine, yeah. synth keys, not my thing. And then I'll um, kind of uh, create moods and sounds based on that. And sometimes it's like, nope, this calls for a guitar. And, uh, and then I'll go with that. And, um, but picking, you know, picking a, a mood and a style of how I write, it really is, sometimes it's, it's based on uh, a description of what people are telling me, especially like for movies, you know, I, I, I just did a, a, um, a short film called Sitting Duck, which um, was by Aaron Baracus and produced by Launch Over Productions. And so initially when he gave me the premise, you know, he, he was uh, stuck on this, the tequila, you know, that song tequila. Da -da 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 -da. So yeah. he wanted like uh, something kind of based off that before I even saw the movie, I was just reading what he wrote and what he wrote to me. And uh, so 
I came up with tequila, not tequila, because right. it wasn't <laughs> that. And um, and then eventually, you know, when the movie was shot, <laughs> it took out a completely it went to a different place, you know. <laughs> so you you have to uh, you know, and I was cool. I was like, all right, you know, let's let's talk about where you want to go. So right. so you know, it 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 depends on like. You know, when I'm uh, collaborating with people, I definitely work off their energy and um, their strengths and see mm -hmm. where we can come together to make something that's like the combination of who we are, you know, or if it's just me, then I kind of uh, sometimes I'll just be noodling subconsciously on the guitar and I'll be like, oh, maybe I should record this because I'm definitely not, I'm not aware of what I'm doing. And I'm sure that happens a lot, you know, to you and other people yeah. when you're not aware that's, and you're just like doing something else, your other part of your brain's kind of taking right. over. So you're like, oh, I definitely need to record this because I don't know what I'm doing and I don't right. want to think about it, but I'm just going to record it and then yeah. I'll learn it afterwards, you know, so. Absolutely. So those are some of the ways I guess I do stuff. So, so tell me about these uh, four different bands. I mean, you know, that is your commitment to collaboration and I guess how you keep yourself just, you know, flowing. Are these bands happening simultaneously? Like one night you're here and the next night? Yeah, no, it depends. I mean, my main, my main band is Axe Monkey, which yeah. is, you know, based on uh, the guitar is the voice. That's why Axe. And then Monkey, yeah. because I, 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 love animals and monkeys have always been fascinated with their with their intelligence and and um you know they're kind of like irreverent and kind of cool so i just kind of took that as um you know my the my moniker sure. and i'm i'm a i love drums i love rhythm so i have you know two drummers in that band but that's like my main my main band where i'm working with some you know amazingly i've worked with um some amazingly talented you know drummers and musicians you know right now i have um yuri zabitnoff as my acoustic drummer and i have tamara gooding as my electronic drummer and then i i you know have jason adams who is uh you know my bass player but i've worked with you know a lot of other people yeah. so that's the main the core of axe monkey and axe monkey is the core of um the bigger project that i've done which is the multimedia project called bring us your women mm -hmm. and that's a real global uh collaboration with you know people from different countries yeah. and um you know different cultures and the idea was to bring together stories of these ancient feminine fi figures and uh you know either kind of reimagine their stories or tell their stories or you know collaborate with people who in some way have been culturally touched by whatever figure we were working on yeah. and uh and then in that case the band expands and mm -hmm. then that's more like an orchestra where i have a string section i have the flutes i have extra drummers um and then you know we have um you know the, the last time that we did bring a showroom before the pandemic you know we had a um a, a, a group of uh, drummers, um, uh, the Benkadi dance and drum troupe from he that were here. So, mm -hmm. you know, they were, uh, they were from Africa. Yeah. And then we had a drummer, a uh, djembe player who was also, you know, uh, located uh, based in Boston. But, you know, he was, you know, from not from here. Mm -hmm. And um, so and then we had um, China represented because we had Chinese people that were local, but they they participated and you know they we they were amazing because mm -hmm. they they brought you know their culture and an icon 
you know, uh, one of their icons, and then we had uh, people from, uh, you know, one of my main collaborators um, from France. I have uh, Christina Go, who is uh, from Tours, and she was also um, from Côte d'Ivoire, and Christine Zufri, who is uh, also living in France, but she's from Switzerland, um, you know, coming in to, you know, help in big ways, you know, so. And then, of course, we have the the Americans, um, which I say it's Michael J. Epstein and Sophia Cassiola, who were big time producers of the, the video, the movie that we put together, and just, uh, you know, everything else in between. So, you know, it was, it was a big project that yeah. pulled together people from dance, move, uh, film, poetry, uh, music. I just tried to uh, connect as many people as we could, because that's the world I want to live in, Wh whatever, gender, so I, it didn't matter. I just wanted, yeah. like, the people, everybody coming together from all these different places that would never have met to do yeah. something that was, um, Super you know, cool. hopefully bigger than all of us. So, so did that start as a three uh, song EP and expand into the sixteen song no, project? No, actually, always... that that started because I was touring all in Europe, you know, for so long, and I, you know, I loved going into all these either museums or you know churches. When you go into churches, like if you're in Rome and you go to the Vatican and you're yeah. at um, uh, you know the saint peter's cathedral when cathedral, you go in right? it's just the wow factor is just like you know wow why what built who how did you build this you know why did you build this what what was that or notre dame in paris you know so a lot of that was kind of like you see a lot of the figures in there it's it's like all these male figures with some female figures but you know throughout history i felt like well why not like that was part of the inspiration to mm -hmm. just like say well I'm not gonna. Uh, the The project was called "Bring a Shroom" and kind of taking back the phrase, you know, because when yeah. conquering places, you know, people bring us your women. Because well, we're bringing the women, but they're not the women that you think. They're <laughs> the women that are that are in charge, right. you know. And um, and it wasn't so much, you know, the idea was to make it so that you're not necessarily seeing it as, you know, women or feminine, but like these individuals who brought mm -hmm. something to a story, mm -hmm. and now whatever your gender is you're listening to the story because it's interesting musically it's interesting visually mm -hmm. and there's something that you can learn from the story of this uh, iconic figure that yeah. maybe you didn't know about so anyway that's wow. kind of like where that came about so but that's that's uh bring us your women but then so my other uh, project that i'm also working on right now is a project called fomenko which is just that's totally scaled down it's uh, me and uh, Rafi Sofer, who yeah. produced Bring Us Your Women and has worked with me on so many things. And he you know, he comes from the rock world and he's a, a engineer producer at, at one of the big studios here, Q Division. But he's a guitarist and he was like, oh, you want to get together and play some nylon string guitars? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and so um, so we've been, you know, working. That's another project that we're doing. And that's kind of like exploring what we can do without a lot of extra stuff. No mm -hmm. pedals, no amps. It's so you're just, just going direct? It's just, Yeah, it's just, it's two nylon string guitars and you can't, um, they're unforgiving. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, here's a little, oh, I didn't really hit that note right, but that's okay because that distortion sounds cool. You can't do that on a nylon string. It's like, oh, no, exactly. you actually made a mistake and everyone can hear it, you know, so. So it's, uh, it keeps you honest, and it also, um, you know, it's my roots were, I started on nylon string guitar, so it's kind of in a way going back to my youth and going back to where I started learning. Um, but um, 
but taking it in a in a different direction. So so that's kind of cool. And then some of the other projects are are kind of you know one of the bands we I was doing with um, Michael and Sophia was a band called Darling Pet Monkey where mm. there's a movie and that was like we did. Um, all the uh, the songs were based on the ads in the back of comic books, <laughs> so it was kind of like Garage. I mean, it was fun. That's great. Yeah, it's like so you've got like um, you know the the title of the song "Darling Pet Monkey." There was a story, and there was actually a, a documentary film that uh, it just came out based on the true story of that. Then uh, Jim McDonough was the um, director, you know, for that film. It was like this animated kind of story of uh, Tim Tate, who was the artist in Maryland, uh -huh. who bought the monkey that was advertised in the back of the book. So <laughs> anyway, so it's kind of like, it's it's kind of fun when you're, you know, the, the that that world of Darling yeah. Pet Monkey, you yeah. know, lent itself to, you know, go beyond just the music parts because it was like, you know, there was a visual aspect already built in. So absolutely, so, you know, it's kind of cool, so. Now, I'm of a huge fan of, you know, uh, music that is explorative, uh, that there's an adventure behind it, you know, it's not just the, you know, the theory and, oh, we're, we're writing this song. It's like, okay, yeah. there's a, a background story that brings this theme together and we can just roll with that. And the theme is just as important as the notes we're playing. I mean, I dig that. Yeah, it's, you know. it's, it's, you know, it's a different way of uh, thinking, think, Yeah, you know. Absolutely. And, and certainly, uh, you know, I mean, the way you've marketed the four bands, they they stand on their own and, you know, they have their own look and, you know, the darling pet monkeys with the skeletal, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, it's, it's very cool because there's a lot of different thought that goes on behind. You know, I'm, I'm Catherine Capozzi, but here's some, you know, uh, multi-faceted um, ways that I express myself. And I just thought, man, you know, as I was looking into your stuff, like, Hey, we got to have a conversation because you're really <laughs> thinking through Thanks. your musicianship. But now how, you, you talked about getting started, you know, with the nylon uh, guitar. How young were you when you knew this is it? I'm, I'm going to do music and this is my life's work. Oh, I, you know what? I honestly, I, I think it's um, I don't know because it just has always been there. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it was a conscious thing. I just felt like um, it was just you know i i my um parents always had music we you know my 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 grandfather was italian mm -hmm. uh i was surrounded i actually this is kind of funny because i i i was always surrounded by music and dancing and you know uh, uh just people who wanted to have you know music be part of our lives always and so i think for me you know i had uh, a cousin had bongo drums so i was like banging on those at an early age and then you know i was watching tv i could see like you know different programs and i was like oh cool i'm gonna i'm gonna copy play guitar yeah you know and then i was um at the time when i was growing up it was easy for they had the arts programs in the school so that was like okay you can take you know um saxophone or you know some other like blowing instrument my parents and I was like I think I want violin and they're like good you know we prefer violin but <laughs> then they had to go to the concert where there's like a bunch of seven-year-olds all hitting the wrong same wrong note at the same oh. time they're like oh no <laughs> um so but um but I think it's always been there and I don't you know I don't I don't know that it ever was a conscious um decision because I think it was just always part of me mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but I think 
you know, as you know, you go through school and you're like, well, when am I going to go, you know, music at the time wasn't like the the thing that, you know, especially when you're dealing with Italian parents who are, you know, Italian American, they're like, no, you are definitely not going to learn music in school. Like, okay, so. Or do music full time, maybe. No, exactly. It's not like that's not what you do. You know, you're (laughs) not going to do that. So I think once I got through college and I and, you know, I played in cover bands through college and music was always part of it. But Mm -hmm. then when you wind up having a job, which was a socially acceptable job by your family standards, Mm. um, you know, I never quite fit, you know, so never quite fit in that that um i guess position sure and uh so then you know when i got up to boston and you know was able to like you know do music in an original way and then have you know everybody i know everybody's doing like well we have a day job and then we have our our you know music stuff so eventually you know i switched to just doing you know more teaching and music became i was touring i was teaching and uh you know touring all over and then teaching and then you know i just like i wanted to be um you know work for myself in that way and not be tied to Mm -hmm. you know a position that i wasn't excited about because why bother now that being said it's like you know i'm always fascinated by new technology you know because it's like maybe it's like shiny new you know and it's always you know being in boston there's a lot of uh, companies that are you know, startups where you don't know if the idea is ever going to like take off, you know, so I have worked for some of those companies that no one will ever hear of, but <laughs> it's the attitude. It's kind of like you, there are a lot of music people that work in there because it's kind of like, oh, you, you can't be stuck in a mold. You yeah. have to, you know, that's innovation, I guess, Absolutely. To innovate to kind of like move forward through something. So. So, so um, when you talk about teaching, you were teaching music or you were teaching just guitar. Teaching, oh, teaching, teaching guitar. guitar. And that's, uh, well, teaching guitar, but I'll also say, you know, if you want bass or ukulele, I could do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so it's, but yeah, teaching guitar. And, and it's, um, uh, which you would think, once again, because guitar is so uh, subconscious for me a lot of times, it's really hard for me to teach sometimes, mm. especially. So the challenge for me in teaching especially when I first started was like teaching a beginner who's never picked up the instrument and being like, and I'm like, yeah, you just put your finger here and just hit the notes. And, I mean, and they're like, no, 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 I can't do it. How do I do it? And then they are like, oh my God, I have to break everything down that I never think about. How right. do you do that? Right, right. How? So the learning experience, because I do, you learn, yeah. you're open to it, right? Sure, so sure. I learned how to, um, hopefully explain these different ideas that I've had, you know, it's an, it's an evolving thing, but like, yeah, but teaching people, especially like very beginners, like, you know, how physically it's like, you have to tell them, it's like, well, you know, this is a a full body brain workout. You will Mm -hmm. never do, there's nothing else you will do that will light up all parts of your brain, like learning an instrument. There's nothing. Exactly. So it's a shame that people are getting screwed out of that because I have a lot of adult students who are like, I never thought I could do that. We need to bring this into the the conversation. I mean, I think that, you know, the arts are important. People need to have that in their lives. Absolutely. You know, like you think differently, you You know, and and even if, you know, it's not about like uh, being famous. It's who cares? Nobody cares about that. Sure. No one cares. It's not about that. It's about you 
kind of like the figuring out ways to like just enjoy your life you know and enjoying your life from a different perspective and that means that by learning these kinds of things you're you're actually creating like intelligence in these in your fingers and spots where you didn't think you had any intelligence that's you absolutely know? right but and you're, you're correct about the one thing in in, in the fact that when i was uh uh, teaching drums, I don't, I don't teach anymore, but when I was, how much I was learning, because as you said, when, you know, the student is there and you go, Jiminy, I don't know, I pick up the sticks and this is what I do and this <laughs> muscle memory, you know, but uh, to really say, oh, okay, that's what I'm doing. And I need to go home and practice that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because, yeah. you know, you're kind of demanding something of them that you're not really putting the weight on yourself until yeah. you figure it out. And you go yeah. okay. I, so it was a big discipline. It was a you know it was a give and take for me um, as a teacher. Yeah. So that's yeah, great. It, it is. It, it, and trust me, there are sometimes when you're like, I think I need a shot of whiskey before I teach this one, because <laughs> you know, and especially. <laughs> I'm kidding. If any students watch this, um, no. But I mean, I think that that's funny. Uh, you know, it's because you're like the pandemic has, um, you know, once again, this is a learning experience, right? Yeah. When we first were like, oh, hey, all your income is going to be cut off right now. I'm like, yeah. oh, great. Thank you. Thanks. Because yeah. we all do stuff volunteer, you know, right. I guess that my landlord will accept the you know, volunteer <laughs> rent. I mean, you know, um, right. so when that happened and we had a switch to, you know, learning how to, you know, do this, right? You know, which is exactly. great because we learned how to do this so I can talk to people because before, I don't know why, we just didn't do this. Didn't do it. Right? Yeah, right? exactly. It, and now, Zoom so is really happy. Zoom and other companies like, yeah, you know, they're, yeah. they're great. And, and this is it, fantastic. It, it's really cool. So in the beginning, I was like looking at like, well, you know, my more advanced students who wanted to jam with me, it's like, well, there's a lag here, hmm. you know, so we can't do that. So right. I looked at another program and that program was okay but then they decided that they were going to charge for a service that wasn't really kind of you know Wordy. sturdy yeah. you know and yeah. it was too quirky so i was like all right so then zoom up their game so i'm like all right well i guess we'll you know we'll work with this but then when you're teaching people that you've never met especially mm -hmm. who've never played guitar before mm -hmm. then you're like that's the the experience where you're like okay right so you gotta pick up the guitar I'm gonna, you know, and then you got to really break it down in a, in a different way because you're like, I can't reach out and physically take their hand and put it where it needs to be. Absolutely. So that requires, so it's sometimes you'd be like teaching on Zoom for like an hour, it's like three hours of like in-person <laughs> teaching because you're like, whoa, okay. And then, just, you know, when you think of like the little ones, because I have had, you know, some young students that have never picked up the guitar and some of them sure. did... You know, some of them, you know, uh, one, you know, there was a couple that were like, if, at the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to work. But then they're actually doing pretty good. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, it's working, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. Then I, you know, I have some, I can teach all over the world. So I have, I do have a student that's not in the United States and yeah. she's doing amazing like mm. really 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 amazing for we've never met in person wow. and we I, maybe we will at some point if i can go to you know tour again but um but she's doing great and it was all so so it is uh it's yeah. a big challenge but it's 
you know, this kind of thing, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a. Uh, at least it's it's working and it's going to be working for the foreseeable future sure right? it is you know it becomes the hybrid that you know that we yeah. actually need and and uh, there yeah. are programs where you can now you know just have uh, entire recording sessions uh online yeah and everything yeah. is in real time uh, i have a good friend and I, I don't know if you know her or not she's associate professor at uh, berkeley and she's up there in Boston. Her name is Linda Valero. And she uh, she's the author of the book, Becoming a Singer. And uh, most of her uh, students are international uh, mm. students. So she's uh, the one um, uh, drawback is her having to be up in front of the computer at odd hours of the morning, depending yeah. on who she's teaching, sure. you know. Yeah. Uh, yep. But yep. she's learning, learning a lot from that as well. So, you know, we live, we learn, we grow. Yeah. That's, right? We hope, we hope. But right? you've piqued my interest, though, when you were talking about, you know, that transition in day jobs and, you know, your family dynamic. I would be interested in knowing some of the day jobs that you've worked. Oh, boy. Um, well, a lot of it was like high tech software. There was I can't I don't want to name company names. No, but let's just fine. say that. Uh, yeah, some of it was high tech software, like software development environment where it's like your leading and bleeding um, environment for mm. tech, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that was, and that that morphed into a position that I had, which was mostly remote, because when I was on tour, I was able to still do remote work for this company. Oh, cool. And it was, uh, you know, a big, famous company for travel, not uh. Expedia. Uh, so, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I was able to do like some, you know, reading, reviews and stuff like that or finding like doing fraud work and stuff like that so that was yeah. kind of like so that was work that you know you could kind of leave you don't mm -hmm. have to like you know it's not like you're gonna be like oh now i gotta think about projections for like next week and yeah. you know and you yeah. know so so that kind of work was okay but you know the i guess the detriment is you know when you're spending a good portion of your time kind of like doing that when I was, especially when we were on tour, when touring, you know, we were playing all kinds of different venues, you know, small and, you know, we couldn't really necessarily get paid until at the end of the tour. Right. So we, we all kind of kept this position, you know, of we, three of us of the band did sure. this work, you know, so that yeah. we, we could have some kind of income coming in while we were, you know, uh, still touring. So at night, even after we were playing, sometimes we'd be online, like doing that kind of work because, wow. you know, we needed to have income. So it's definitely, um, you know, I'm glad we were able to do it. Mm -hmm. That definitely helped when, you know, the flip side is when the touring kind of like was less and we were more just in one space doing that kind of work, you know, in a way it's like you, you don't shut off your brain, but it becomes almost like you're a little robot. Yeah, you know, and I it's did. like not necessarily good for your brain, right. you know, because there is the whole, you know, the way people um, uh, what measuring productivity, right? That's it's like it's so wrong. I'm so against, you know, it's like, of course, I'm an artist. That's why I'm doing my own thing. But, <laughs> you know, and granted, maybe there's a little bit of that I could use to like sharpen up some skills. But when you are just, you know, measuring your productivity in terms of just like, OK, well, you know, they, we've got this many minutes and you got to do, you know, 
uh, put together like a million widgets in those like 15 minutes or, or you know, you're going to be, you know, considered not good at doing your widget job. Exactly. And then the opposite side, you're like, well, that's kind of like a weird shut off pressure. But then the opposite side is like, you don't want your brain to be trained to act like that when you're actually composing and doing music. Yeah, you know? man. So it's, it's, and it's, it's kind of like, you're like, oh, I, this is, there's like the pros are, I don't take my work home, even right. though it's remote. The negatives are my brain gets lazy when I'm doing the stuff that I really want to do. And that's not good for your brain. You know, uh, so. I, I dig it. I understand you know. it. So uh, tell me about the uh, Brian May situation um, the, from the supergroup Queen and the red guitar. Uh, was that a contest? Yeah, I actually yeah. was. And it was a it was I was the reluctant entrance, mm. the reluctant, uh, you know, contestant because you know, my friends were like, oh, Brian May is doing this thing and he's, he's you know, going to have like give away his guitar and you should enter. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 you should do it. And I was like, I don't want to do it, you know. And then like the day I, they're like, sign up, sign up. So I signed up and I practiced like yeah. on my guitar, like I practiced this thing that I was going to do. And I was like, cool. And then when I got there, they're, you know, when I read online, they're like, you can't bring any of your pedals. You can't bring anything. You have to use our guitar, our setup. And we're going to film you and you get 10 minutes to warm up and um, then we're going to film two minutes of you playing and then Brian's going to pick the winner. So oh. when I got there, I was like, oh, no. So he's there in person? This no, is he not... was not there in person. <clears throat> oh, okay. but he was like coming to tour. So th this was at the time Tower Records that did okay. this. Yeah. And uh, so I remember in Boston, it was like the Tower Records on the corner of Newberry and Mass Ave. Mm. It was big store three three you know three stories yeah and i came up the escalator where they were starting and i heard like this guitar player and he they were phenomenal i was like oh god i don't want to do this and then as i was coming up the next guitar player kind of like came on and they were awful and i was like <laughs> oh god i don't want to do this and then when i you know was standing there and this awful guitarist was finished they were like you signed up right and i was like yeah, of course there wasn't very many women who signed up anyway yeah and i was like yeah yeah i signed up they're like okay well you're next and i was like okay and I've got the last slot possible on a Friday oh afternoon because <laughs> I didn't want to do it. And uh, so when I, you know, sat down and they were like, threw me the guitar where I'm like, okay, what is this? It's like, it was a guild guitar and I wasn't used to playing it. So I just started, you know, playing, warming up and they're like, you're ready. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm playing. So I just played. And I was, you know, I remember not thinking, but then there was like, I played something. I don't remember quite what I played because I wasn't thinking because mm -hmm. it wasn't what I practiced. <laughs> it wasn't at all what I practiced. Nothing was like what I practiced because I couldn't play. I had to do, do something else and I wasn't even used to the guitar. So I just sat down and just started playing something. And then this crowd started gathering and I was like, and I was so embarrassed. I don't know why. And I was like, all right. I'm done, you know, and they're like, okay, you know, they, they didn't give me a warm up. I literally picked up the guitar, started playing and they were like, you're ready. They filmed it. And, uh, and they were like, okay, you know, that was great. And I started, so I was walking away. I was so like flustered. I actually, you know, don't take this the wrong way for folk okay. musicians, but I went into the folk section, which I was just like, I would never be caught dead in normally. And I was like, and so one of the guys that worked at Tower, his name was Jeff Chase, and he actually became my drummer in Axe Monkey, but he was like, he goes, I've been here all week. He goes, that was really, really good. And I was like, oh. all right, thank you. You know, and then, um, you know, I kind of forgot about it because I was like, I never thought I was going to, you know, get anything. And then I got a call like about a week later and uh, 
the marketing manager from Tower Records called and he's like, oh, he goes, um, so, you know, what do you think of, um, what do you think of Queen? And I was like, uh, you know, they're good, you know, and uh, he's like, okay, what do you think of Brian May as a guitar player? And I was like, no, Brian's, you know, excellent. He goes, well, I hope you like him because he picked you to get his guitar. Wow. I was like, oh my God, no, he's amazing. <laughs> I mean, because, yes, yeah, he is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I knew Brian May was an amazing guitar player. And, and uh, so it turned out that um, what I found out was they had actually picked the Tower Records. There was like 104 applicants. They picked mm. 10 for Brian to look at. So Brian actually looked at 10 videos and he picked me. And I didn't mm. think that he did until when I met him. He said something that only another guitar player would say to somebody who knew guitar and who watched the video. Mm. So I was like, okay, he did pick me. You, know? you don't want to share that? You don't want to share what he said? <laughs> he said that I had a sense of like melody and rhythm innately and, uh, and, uh, and that I had a unique style. So that's how, so he that's gave great. me his guitar and it was my trophy guitar that stayed under my bed because I was a play, afraid to touch it or autograph it. And then... <laughs> When I started working with uh, all the Queen's men, my singer, Christine Zufer, he's like, why is that underneath your bed? And I was like, <laughs> I, was like I don't know. So I took it out and, start, and you know, started playing it. And then it wasn't until I saw the Queen movie that you know, just came out a couple of years ago yeah. that I'm like watching the movie and halfway through it, I'm like, oh my God, that is my guitar. That's Brian May. Halfway through the movie, I realized, oh, this is kind of a big deal that he gave me the guitar. Exactly. You know, and I... It, because whenever I had the guitar out, there were like Queen fan, like, you know, I would sometimes there would be a Queen fan and be like, can I touch it? I was like, you can touch it, but you can't pick it up. <laughs> so, and I toured can't in Europe with, yeah, and I toured in Europe with it and people were like, oh my God, and, you know, it was a different story when I was in Europe with the guitar because people were like, you know, genuflecting in front of me. I was like, whoa, whoa, stop. That's weird. That's you right. Know? It's just stop. <laughs> so that's the guitar. Definitely. Oh Not man! So, but now anyway, you you made a song about the guitar, right? Did you make a song about it? No, I, I uh, no. I mean, I I I did not make a song about the guitar. Ah. I mean, the song has the guitar has been used in a lot of songs, but gotcha. I definitely did not make a song. No, because each it. of the each of my guitars has a different tuning and a different mm. purpose in life, in my life, in my musical life. So now, other than playing uh, <coughs> keys and whatnot for the different. Um, different projects you, you have to do, like the gaming and whatnot. Yeah. But I mean, are you fluent on other instruments other than guitar, bass, ukulele, whatnot? I mean, you know, I can, I can, uh, I can fake my way through bass because, you know, you're a guitar player. You're like, you have to stop with like, okay, I'm going to do, oh, look at this. Oh, this sounds cool. And you'll be like, no, 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 it's the bass. You're the glue between the drums and the melodic instruments. So I've learned to, you know, be cool with the bass and yeah. be chill. It's not my personality. I realize if you're a bass player, I think bass players, most of the bass players I've worked with have a certain personality. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the ones that are, you know, want to jump out front and like, you know, do all that kind of stuff. So Unless uh, you're Stanley Clark, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so but... I mean, so I can I can get away with bass. I can get away with ukulele. Um, you know, I can I teach it, and it's I've com composed on ukulele. And mandolin is like the latest thing, which of course is my my roots because uh, I inherited a 
120-year-old mandolin from my great-grandfather who brought it from Italy. And uh, it's a bowl-back mandolin, which I am trying to um, get a case for. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, (laughs) I'm like, it's like, it's really hard to get a good, it's hard to get a case. So it's like, and I, I'm trying to protect it, you know, as much as I can, because it's, and it's, it's that perfect, like slightly out of tune thing, but I'm like, it's just, it's cool because it's just got a history. So I'm, I've composed something on it and I've played it. I've used it in a couple of things and it's, uh, and it's, it's hard to play because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not used to it, but I'm, I'm learning that. So it's cool. I really like it. So those are my main things. Yeah. And drums. I did play drums at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a drummer, but you know, because I, I love drums. I, I love all that stuff. And, um, in high school band, I played drums and, you know, so I was this marching band kind of stuff, just snare. You right. know, so I did that. But, um, but so now when I'm trying to program drums, I'm trying to learn how to program drums sure. so that it doesn't sound bad when I'm, right, when right. I'm doing stuff. So, yeah. So, um, do you, um, um, have more energy in producing your own stuff, the stuff that you've written, or when you're called into a session to produce for another artist, which which gives you the most uh, or the variety of goosebumps when you're when you're working. Um, I think for myself, it's more. I haven't quite learned how to get good stuff out of another person mm. because I think. It's, you know, based on, per- I mean, sometimes I can, yeah. but I think um, sometimes I think that's a, that's something I have to learn. So I think for me, I I get the most when I'm trying to, you know, do mm-hmm. my own thing. And I like being produced by somebody who can get something more, you know, than I can get sure. out of myself. That's really kind of awesome. Sure. Um, so those are the kinds of things that you know, I think I enjoy, but as far as like, you know, I've, when I have worked with, you know, with other people, I don't think I know the language enough for like, you know, getting a good vocal performance. Yeah. You know, I could probably coax like a musical performance out of like an instrumentalist, but right. out of a vocal performance, I'm not sure because I know, even though I know what I like sonically, I don't know how to convey, you know, uh, you know, breathing, try this to, right. to, you know, try dividing your syllables like this to, to get something across. So yeah. that's a, that's a, a, a different animal. And, you know, maybe it says something about me. I'm more interested in the moods and the timbres of sounds um, than maybe the words. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> Understood. You know, it's been really interesting as I've um, as I've uh, produced other people that uh, I find that that's when the goosebumps really come. I guess I'm going through the templates that I've already set for myself and the metrics that you know I I know my strengths and weaknesses. But when I'm called in to do a session uh, for, especially as you said, another vocalist or or singer, another vocalist. I'm not a vocalist, but a vocalist. And most of the vocalists that I've worked with, you know, are 90% of them are female to uh, male vocalists. And uh, I guess what I'm trying to do is stay out of the way. So I understand that challenge of not knowing, you know, how to really um, 
influence the inflections and the enunciation and the, right. you know, to embody the, the atmosphere, but somehow we, somehow we work through it. And I think that's, that's for me, that's where the goosebumps are is trying to step out of the way, because I think the best producers are not the ones that put their thumbprint on it. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, it yeah. sounds like them, their work should not sound like me. I was just an observer in the room, helping right. it to right. happen. Right on, you know right I mean? on. Yeah. You're Sorry. right. And that's, that's the, I mean, I think the closest I, I can, I mean, like I said, when it comes to an instrumentalist, it's like, I can be like, all right, I can, you know, if I'm working with say like a cellist or something and I'm like, yeah. I really love the sound of this and here's what I'm doing. And if you can like, kind of like come along on the wave, you know, <laughs> here's the notes, you know, and, right. and, and then that's when I can, you know, the first time I had, you know, a cellist playing with me, I was like, I was like, it almost brings you to tears because you're like, oh my God, mm -hmm. that's so cool. That's like, it's a, it's, you know, you, I always have that, that reaction. Um, it's uh, internal when you hear something that's, that gives you those like chills and like almost brings you to tears. It's like, you can't help it. It's a reaction that's from listening to music. That's that I get that sometimes. Yeah. You know, and uh, so it's cool because the other day I had my student who was, you know, from Ireland. She was working on this piece and she was just a beginner. And, you know, each week she's like, she's really working at it. And this last lesson, I was like, she did it. Mm. And I was like, oh, now you just got to tighten it up. That's right. You just got to tighten it up. Then I was like, wow, I taught that. I taught you that. <laughs> I produced that. Goosebumps. You know? Yeah, no, but it was, but, but it's cool because as they always say, it's like, you can lead the horse to the water but you that's can't right. make the horse drink and in that's a way right. i think that's producing yeah that's good that's how good do analogy. you how do you get that you know yeah. so it's 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 uh it's hard it's yeah. hard it's hard but yes what do you find uh for yourself is the most exhilarating thing about music i mean that that could be writing it could be recording it be, could be touring what do you what do you the exhilaration what do you think is that high point uh, from you in each of those scenarios in each of those. I mean, I think, oh boy, performing, like when you're hitting like certain sounds, certain notes, you know, and, and the whole band is like gelling together. That's awesome. When you don't have to think it's like when everybody's on the same wavelength, it's like, yeah. that's killer, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And I think from, you know, touring and, and, you know, especially spending a lot of time in countries where I don't speak the language mm -hmm. and, um, you know, having a, a reaction to people that you don't know and you don't know we don't know each other right. and if you're just reacting because you like what's happening with what you're hearing that's really cool and that's something that's um you know kind of special right. and you know i would say it's like you know when i was invited to go to africa i was invited to um christina go invited me and then uh uh toma gi who's um famous master djembe he mm. was doing a festival 100 uh drums you know and uh so i was invited to be one of the artists to play and so i always think that um you know you're when you're i don't know what kind of skill this requires but you have a plane ride you're going from new york to uh bell uh brussels mm -hmm. brussels to um ghana ghana to uh, Abidjan. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You get off the plane, it's you're in a different country. Right. You're really in a different country. <laughs> and it's hot there and you're, you know, you've got to go through customs, you've got to show your paperwork, and then the next day you're, you know, you are thrown into a rehearsal because you were late because the, you know, you had to do something else and you're brought into this rehearsal where I'm plugging into somebody's amp. I don't know what song they're playing, but you know, the rehearsal was already, there's like, you know, this entire drum ensemble playing, they got dancers and I'm supposed to play this part. And I'm like, they're, I'm not tuned in the same tuning that the other <laughs> guitar player is in. Wow. And you got to jump in and go. Man. And that's was, that's cool when you can be like, okay, we can talk to each other through this. Yeah. You know, so that was yeah. like, you know, and to be accepted, it was kind of, that was cool, you know, and also, you know, you're in a place where it's like, it is a hundred degrees in the place you're practicing <laughs> because there's no AC, there's, yeah. it's an open air. Uh, it's, you know, it's, you're outside, there's a lot of, there's not dirt inside where you're rehearsing, but, you know, walking into it, it's like they're open kind of huts kind of, yeah. you know, so there's no air conditioning. <laughs> It was 99% humidity and you don't speak the language and you're, you know, and then it was, you know, you've got, um, you know, everybody there speaks French, but then there was, um, you know, someone there from Korea who doesn't speak English, but he spoke mm. French and I think he, yeah, even obviously his language, Korean, yeah. but, but so it's like, so you're thrown into like a cultural, like, yeah, soup, soup where you're like, you're the odd one. Yeah. yeah, I'm the odd one, you know, and, uh, and also, you know, I'm American, I'm a woman yeah. and I'm white. Yeah. So it's just like, so, but I'm going to play, I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to, and we're going to communicate, we're going to communicate, you know, and, uh, and it was, it was, it was, you know, afterwards you think about all those things because you don't think about it in the time. You're just like, all right, what's my job? Okay. And let me sure. do it you now. So that's kind of, that was, you know, that's exhilarating. It's cool. It was really cool. And it was a, a great experience. So. That's interesting because conversely, I was going to ask, what was your most challenging <laughs> experience? I'd say that was, well, I would say that was definitely challenging is when I did arrive at the airport this time, because I went there twice. Mm -hmm. The second time, there was a little problem with the visa because you have to pay. Everybody's got to pay an entrance fee when you go into these countries. You know, we just, yeah. it's like getting into a club, you know, right, right. come to the United States, you got to pay a fee. You go there, you got to pay a fee. Well, the entrance fee, I was all set to go. They accepted me, but um, they confiscated my passport. Oh, my. Yeah, so they held it. Now, I was fine because I knew that the people that I were with were like, one of them worked with the government. I also was going to give a talk at the U.S. Embassy. So I was like, I'm fine. But there were people yeah. coming off the plane from the U.K. that were like, why are you taking my passport? And they were, and I was like, Dude, I could totally, I would totally be like you if I wasn't already, like, already all set, you know? So, and they held my passport for three days. And oh then when they, they finally got it, I was like, is this a good idea to be in a third world country where <laughs> the government is kind of, eh, you know? Anyway, that right. was, uh, so, you know, whatever, you, you got to go with the flow, you know? So that's part of it, right? That's part of it. That's it. You know, you got to trust to a certain extent. I mean, you know, right. don't be stupid. Sure. Because you're... You do have to be smart, but, sure. um, but yeah, you know, so that was challenging, but, um, That's yeah. wow. So yeah. what is your, uh, number one first point of advice to any young entree musician 
who's asking you either about the industry or just music at large and, you know, really wants to do this as a career, what is your first point of advice to him or her? Be good at what you do. Okay. Be good at what you do. Like definitely know, know your instrument, but not, but the other part of it is be a people person mm -hmm. because good. people buy from people, you know, then if you are a, a stellar musician who's yeah. a jerk to right. work with. That's right. I don't care how good you are. Nobody's going to want to work with you. That's right. right. That's like, right. I think I, I go back to like BB King. I think I, I don't know. I think this is attributed to BB King, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I can, I can make the man. I, I can make the musician. I can't make the man, you that's know? That's so good. it's like, that's my advice. My advice is to know your stuff so that you can be on solid foot, but yeah. also like, you know, you know, be, be somebody who can like work with people, That's you know, right. you have to like be, be nice, be kind, don't be a pushover, sure. but you know, be respectful. And you know, that's the thing that I think that people will go for first, you know, and not, um, the rest of it will, will come your connections. But if you have people buy from people, if you don't have that connection, uh, it doesn't matter. That's good. It doesn't matter how good you are, you know? So I think that's, um, that would be the, the number one thing. And, you know, if you're shy, which, you, you know, I think I could be shy in social situations. I definitely I don't know. do not. I don't the music isn't sometimes. shy, I can tell no, you that. No, the music is not shy, but sometimes right. you're like, oh, I don't want to go up to so-and-so, you know, because, mm. you know, yeah. so, the, but, so you have to kind of like find find the balance. But the first thing is, you know, make sure that you are solid with your skill, yeah. you know, because if you are, too good on the part where like oh yeah i'm good people blah 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 and then you know they get you in and you're like you suck at your instrument that's right. kind of disappointing that's right then you put the other person in a hard spot to be like i really like you but nice i nice guy yeah nice know, girl but, but i but i can't i you know you you know th there's a difference between somebody who's like nine million miles away from you know being that making that musician or just like you know 20 percent of the way or 15 percent of the way you know so that's right. Um, so that would be my, the top advice then. And, you know, always say if you're, you know, look at where your interests are, but then say yes to things that are maybe a little bit out of your box so that sure. you can kind of learn, sure. you know, because then you'll take things back to your, you know, when you're out of your comfort zone, uh, that's when you, when you shine and that's when you'll, you know, you'll grow as a musician and as, and as a person, you know? So uh, when we first uh, contacted each other, I contacted you and uh, wanted to have this conversation. There might have been a question you thought, you know, okay, I know this guy is going to ask me this question and I'm going to nail it here. And I haven't asked it. So <laughs> what, what is the answer to the unasked question? Um, oh gosh, the unasked question. Um, let's see. I don't know. I can because I can think of a lot of unasked questions. Mm -hmm. Um, the unasked question when it comes to career or when it comes to like just, just your being, your advice, your approach, uh, um, your, your journey. Journey. I think you know the unasked question. Um, listen, learn mm -hmm. how to listen because I know I think I know how to listen, but then I'm aware of things that 
make me know that I did not listen. I just did it. So learn how to learn how to listen. And I think the other thing that I would say is um, learn things slowly and accurately. And then you can kind of like build on that, mm. you know, um, trying to learn things uh, fast and overall, you, there's a lot of holes that don't get filled in and you can right. and then you learn your mistakes. Right. So I think like when you're like going through something, whatever it is, cause I know I'm trying to be better at my um, my uh, digital audio workstation, you know, right. working with logic, you know, and sure, I got through with GarageBand, which is like plugged in my guitar and started recording. But, you know, now I'm, I'm learning things and learning things like I'm, put, I'm going, oh, wow, I just learned something the other day. I was like doing, a, you know, a tutorial, which I was like, oh, wow, I didn't. I could do that. Wow. Right. So, so I didn't know because I mean, maybe I, maybe this was the time for me to learn that. Maybe I would have understood it, but yeah. learning things like slowly and accurately at first, you know, I think you can always like apply your speed like later on, you know, yes. so that, that kind of thing. Um, and say yes, as much as you can without mm. being overwhelmed mm -hmm. and just be a kind, respectful, good person to work with. I think that That's will get excellent. you far. So, yeah. That is excellent. Well, I, I appreciate you um, giving us your wonderful time. You're uh, a very, very busy musician who's doing it and teaching us all along the way. I mean, when you go to katherinecomposi.com, you will see a plethora of information uh, you know, the link from your SoundCloud to all of this wonderful music and multi-genres. I mean, you know, whether it's video games, whether it's just folk, whether it's funk, whether it's, it's blues. I mean, it's just all over the place and you will absolutely, absolutely love it. I do. And, uh, you know, Thank I'm going to so make it a part of my playlist. I mean, really, really good stuff. And, um, you know, listen, I always tell people my nose is brown enough so I don't have to say anything that I don't mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Thank You're the you. real deal. And I really appreciate, uh, you know, meeting you. And hopefully this is not our last conversation here. But those of you who are entree musicians, I ask of you, check out KatherineCapozzi.com. We'll have the information here uh, doing the podcast that you can just go and check it out. And you'll see that there's a rabbit hole of other websites that she'll lead you down and you can check out some magnificent music as well. But this is Catherine Capozzi, wonderful, extraordinary guitarist, as well as being an award-winning film composer and producer. Is there any other way that they can get in touch with you directly other than your website or are we just leading them there? Uh, well, you can you can contact me via my email, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, a Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Okay. Uh, but I think the best way is uh, email, which is axemonkey. That's A-X-E-M-U-N-K-E-E -E mm -hmm. at gmail.com. That would yeah. be the way to get in touch with me. So. That's great. And you are you still accepting students? Yes, I am. Actually, if you would like, I will teach anywhere in the world. I don't care where you're located. You can absolutely get online with me and we can do a Zoom lesson. Absolutely. Excellent. That's guitar. It's not saxophone. Right? Uh, yeah. Let me be clear. It's guitar, 
I would not, I mean, I could teach you bass, but do you, you want guitar? This is the person I will definitely do guitar. So that's the one they want. So that is absolutely fantastic. Well, peace and blessings to all of you. This is again, Catherine Capozzi. She's an entree musician. I'm an entree musician, but you know what? The most important thing is so are you. And we will absolutely see you next time. God bless. Yeah.